I'm not a business person. I'm a photographer. I'm a videographer. If you are in business, you are a business person. You have to become a business person. If you don't quickly become a business person, soon enough, you're not going to have a business that you're running at all. Yeah, right? and, and it's a these are $100,000 mistakes you're making. Most people get into this industry to do the thing they love. They don't get into it to do the business side. Hello and welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared and today I'm joined by Mr. Jason McCutcheon once again. What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Hanging in. Yeah, uh, I feel like we always do like, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. good. Like, Great. It's just like... Some... And we've been sitting here talking and putting together a show for the last two hours, so... I know how you're doing. <laughs> it's a stupid question. I know how you're doing. I, I know. I Don't know. insult me with that question. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's better than uh, not being friendly, so... <laughs> what if we're just like really cold and rude yeah. to each other the whole time? Well, like we normally are. I yeah. think people would like a podcast where the guests had an actual fight. Yeah, uh, I've been listening to this awesome new podcast uh, with Will Arnett. And uh, Jason so Bateman. Funny. What is it called? I'd have never listened to it. They're just funny people. Oh, I didn't know they had one. So funny. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty much what they do. Like one person will bring on uh, uh, the guest. They'll have a guest come on with them. And they will uh, pretty much like one person will be interviewing the person the whole time. And then the other two people are just ragging on the person doing the interview. Like <laughs> how dumb they are and how dumb their questions are. <laughs> it's awesome. It's and called Smart List, by the way. Smart List? Yeah. It's That's, great. Um, yeah, they're, I mean, they're great comedians, hysterical guys. Um, but speaking of things that are also awesome, the Music Bed is awesome. And so they're sponsoring today's show. Um, so definitely check down in the description if you're watching YouTube. If not, you can head to our website. We have a little page where you can click on all our partners and the people we love and go subscribe to get one free month of the music bed we love the music bed we use it at our own companies and we really do try not to um i'm not try we do not push companies and products that we do not ourselves endorse yeah so go check out the music bed if you want awesome music for your next wedding film so we're gonna open today's show with uh, our favorite new section called gear talk That's celebrating. Um, it was supposed to be a, uh, a theme song. Well, let's do it again. We're, we're aiming it, a theme do it song. one more time. Let's go to our favorite section, our favorite new section called Gear Talk. Gear Talk. That, that sounds like you're turning your computer off. I, I think I prefer the uh, oh, 90s do, rock station more. Do it, do it again. Gear Talk. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> We'll 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 we'll, we'll A B it again. Yeah, we're, <laughs> See what we're, we're gonna keep working on this, guys. Yeah. Just keep keep helping. Give us good advice on what songs we should be using for Gear Talk. Totally. Um, so so today I, I I brought a little show and tell. Literally just came in this morning. What is it, Jay, for the podcast? Um, for the podcast people, I did make a heaven sound, and I was holding it in my hand for those um, listening on the podcast. I got the Wireless Go Two by Rode, and this thing. Is really sweet. Um, it is a dual channel um, lav setup, which means that you have a stereo receiver, which is the thing that receives the signals coming from the transmitters, if you're not super familiar with lav mics. So why would you want that? Well, it means you could conceivably put a mic 
on a groom and a mic on an officiant or whatever groom bride 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 whatever you were doing for your configuration and then it would transmit one to the left side of the receiver and one to the right side of the receiver then it has a stereo out and you can plug it into your camera or maybe plug it into a recorder and record both of them from one receiver which is really great yeah, we uh, we had just bought the Rode Go V1. Yeah, version. like maybe like a year ago. For yeah, for our our newer kind of brand, uh, Merriment Films, and um, kind of the same idea where we were like, hey, I don't necessarily want to bring a recorder to every wedding. I'd love to record straight to camera. Yeah, for and ease, monitor it for ease. We, we're not recommending you always do that, but yeah. that's what we chose to do for this. Product. That's what we chose to do for this product, just to try it out, and it's worked fairly well. The the main you know, problem with the first one was just it only went up to I think 100 meters, and even that was a little bit inconsistent. It was pretty spotty. Yep. I mean, it, the positives with the Rogo system, if you haven't used them, and I think this is true of the first one, the audio is pretty solid sounding once it works. Yep. Um, Fairly easy to set up. Really easy to set yep. up. Really great. Like has a built-in microphone, which is actually a feature I really like. So, like literally, if you forgot your lav mic, you could just clip the transmitter onto the groom inside his coat or something and at least get usable audio but you can even do stuff like i've clipped it up inside of like a hoopa before at a wedding and captured some like just ambient audio or like at a live stream that's what i'll do is i'll have like the road go clipped to get clapping and things like that it's just a very useful mic and you get in a lot of ways well what they did with the rogo 2 they just improved on all the problems so they have double the range because um, we used to have two transmitters, so we would mount both of them on top. And then we would combine them into one and plug it into the... Now I don't have to do that anymore, which is great. Um, so they reduce the amount of gear I have to bring, Yep. which is awesome. But then here's the... What's the best feature? I mean, the best feature is the fact that you don't have to sync up audio, but you're probably going to say that it records as well. That's the best feature. Yeah, well, I mean... Because that fixes... That's the that lets us replace other gear that we have and if you're doing weddings and like you have redundant gear that sucks right yeah well i mean it's a microphone so it's it's good that you can actually you know i, I mean i don't know i guess you could debate what the best feature is it's an awesome thing that does a lot of new things essentially nothing has ever been able to and there is a law, by the way, about transmitters also being recorders. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I patent think, law. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I think there's a weird thing where you have to turn the recording on. I don't like this, by the way. Yeah. And it's a thing to just keep in mind. They have to turn the recording on in an app, mm -hmm. which is like, eh, weird. The good thing is once you turn it on, you don't have to just keep enabling it. And all it does is like keeps recording a backup at all times and just replacing old files. Yep. You yep. can do up to seven hours uncompressed. I'm not sure how much you can do as MP3. You can change the recording format, but yep. like, so this brings it into mind. The reason I bring that up, say it's the best feature, is because then you start bringing into question the other standard lav recorders that people are using. Because most, I think most wedding filmers are not using true lav mics. They're no. using lav recorders. Yep. Yep. So getting them lav mic doesn't really help them. Yeah. Don't. Don't let someone uh, say that the the DR10 um, is a lav mic because uh, as a lav mic, all, all the all the nerds will uh, will come out and and <laughs> kill it that also, person. It also does not transmit. 
No. So no. So for live streamers or people who want to just record a backup on like a recorder, it doesn't really meet that need. Mm -hmm. If you want to record a onto your, like you said, not having to sync your audio up, you want to do that. You can't do that. Yep. So great for like, great for live streaming too. I would say there's a couple things really quick, and we're going to be doing. If you haven't seen it, we have a couple videos up about it on our YouTube channel. So go check that out. We did a little just overall reaction and then a unboxing, and then we're going to have a review up pretty soon of just like actually going through the product and testing yeah. it. But one of the things I anticipate that people are going to say is, well, this one, they say it does a safety track. It doesn't really do the safety track in the way that I want it. And like, I think you have to use both your transmitters to get the safety track, which I can't imagine someone wearing two of them. It seems ridiculous to me. Um, so I think the biggest things you're going to see are it doesn't have 32 bit float like the F2 and it doesn't have a true safety track like the Tascam. And so I think though, if you're making a decision on like, what should I get? My opinion, I mean, we've done a lot of weddings with the Tascam. And we've done a lot of weddings with our Sennheisers. Oh, too. and our old school. Uh, Sennheisers. No, we had another one too in the middle, the old Zoom. Oh, the old F1, Rode. I think it was. Oh yeah, it was yeah. bigger packs. The recorders. We've done we've done a lot of work with recorders and true. Uh, but my point is that Zoom F1 didn't have 32-bit float or a safety channel. Yeah. And I don't ever remember it. Yeah. Having issues peeking out when put on a groom. This is this is just awesome because it combines both types of recorder and also lavalier microphone transmitter. That that it's just you know the first time I've really seen someone it's a totally this, unique I product i guess someone has a patent on it somewhere do you know who has that patent what i do don't mean? even know who has the patent on the record and no it's know. illegal i know why is it illegal it's because because the law not because of the patent because they don't want people transmitting and recording like for safety reasons for like the fbi yeah i don't know <laughs> i thought it was a patent i'd have to see that, i don't know but, why yeah but there's probably no patent on the way they got around it, which yeah. is pretty smart. Yeah. But it's yeah. a new category of product. Definitely. And so if you are like, I don't really care about the safety channel and I don't care about 32-bit flow, and I'd like to have the flexibility of having the ability to actually transmit the signal. Yeah. Great. I think it's a new thing. So it's really cool. It's really exciting. Like I said, check it out on YouTube. We got a bunch more content about this coming up soon. So yeah. Look, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Can we be a little bit transparent here? I'm gonna tell you one of my deepest, darkest secrets. I actually really don't enjoy editing that much. <laughs> if you were to give me the option between shooting and editing, I would pick shooting 11 times out of 10. And if you've been editing and, and doing video production for any length of time, you know that dread in your heart as you know, wedding after wedding after wedding keeps on mounting up, piling up on your backlog. It really sucks. I hate it and I'm sure you do too. So what can you do about it? You can of course ignore it. It's not gonna go away. You can hire a video editor to work on staff. Maybe it costs you 50 to 60 grand plus taxes. Or you can simply reach out to our friends at No Backlog. They make it super easy to knock out edits while you focus on other more important things like growing your business and making more money. And that's what it's all about, right? Save time and money by working with a professional, reliable, and affordable video editing partner. And get your life back today. You can spend more time with your kids, with your spouse, with your important other person, or you can simply just play more video games. I don't care. This is a no judgment zone, man. 
So make sure you're visiting nobacklog.com and get started today. Okay, so today we're talking about uh, a subject that's very near and dear to, I think, our hearts. Yes. And we're starting a brand new series that we're calling Why Your Business Plan Sucks. So, yeah. Jay, why, why is this so near and dear to us? Um, you know, I think when we were running our business for the first couple years, we did not know what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, at all. Like, the, I remember the first time I sent a bill to a big company the person who's helping me, she was like, this bill's not high enough, man. You have to send them a bigger bill. And I was like, okay. The first time we booked a wedding, I remember just making the price up on the spot. Like, so like. Do you remember when we were at the airport and we were supposed to film that wedding or, or it was like an engagement video and, and we we're supposed to shoot outside and we had to get permission. And then we went inside and they were like, well, uh, give us your insurance information. And Jay was like, Oh, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. And he like walked outside the room, called an insurance company, got insurance with them, came back in and was like, here's my information. <laughs> That's what it felt like starting the business. Oh, every yeah. Time it was everything like, oh, like that. Shoot, I got to get another thing. Figure yeah, out we, another. we just had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. And we were lucky enough to be good enough, I think. And, and I don't say that as a brag. It's just like more of a like that was the only thing we had going for us is that we knew how to make nice looking content. Like, but we didn't know what we were doing, and we got into a lot of business situations that really hurt us. We got in business relationships that really hurt our business. Um, you know, we got just like – I'll say this. It's important to me because in the last couple months, in the middle of COVID-19 – I'm not saying this is a brag. I'm saying this because, like, this is the freedom we've been able to find by working on this over time. We've cut ourselves about $30,000 in distributions. Um, you know, which if you don't know what that is, it's outside of your payroll, but also we pay ourselves a salary. We have a 401k. Like these are things that we have as wedding filmmakers that most wedding filmmakers don't have. And I really want, I want every wedding filmmaker to be able to a get there sooner than us because like, like literally like we're doing stuff like paying ourselves out of payroll when we should have been doing a combination of payroll and distributions. Well, why does that matter? Well, because I'm paying 13% more taxes on that. Like dumb things like that that cost us tens of thousands of dollars and benefits that we should we should have had a 401k set up years ago. You know, for our, our families and for it's just like things that we didn't think about. A lot of things that we we're like, "Oh, that's impossible." Well, now I'm researching them and I'm like, no, "I could have set this up. This wasn't so expensive. This wasn't so hard. Like I should have done this and I didn't." Like and I and and I would just say like I'm okay paying the price for other people if I can help other people make better better choices that put them in a better position. You know, you hear it a lot in the wedding industry, whether it's photographers, videographers, whatever their service is, is, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a business person. I am a florist. Well, I don't I'm really like the business side. I'm a photographer. I'm a videographer. And if you are in business, you are a business person. You have to become a business person. If you don't quickly become a business person, soon enough, you're not going to have a business that you're running at all. You're not going to be able to do your talents. And so I think just encouraging people out there, like, 
listening to this, you are a business person. You might just not be very good at it yet. So the hopefully through this series and, and one of the reasons why we wanted to do just kind of like a big series is encouraging people like, no, you are a business person. You might just suck at these areas and you might be great at some areas, but defining what areas of business that you're actually good at naturally um, and what areas you suck at is the first step to recovery. Yeah, right? and, and it's a these are $100,000 mistakes you're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over the course of five, over the course ten years. five, ten years, yep. like so, like everyone needs to realize that. Yep, is like if you don't budget for the right or or the opposite side, which is hundreds hundreds of thousands of dollars of reward. Yep, you know, and everyone's so short term with their business, like, and I get it, right? You start your business, the that job I was mentioning at the beginning, we got this big commercial job. I think they paid us like eighteen grand. Like our first two paychecks were like fifty five hundred dollars and eighteen grand. As a business. And I have no idea what we did with that money. <laughs> I would know we bought two uh, TVs, and that's it. It's right there. The yeah, we still there. use today. We still use the Ten TV. years later. <laughs> um, but, like, we didn't know what we were doing. And, like, I think that's cool, too. Like, I think at the very beginning, I don't want to get over – where I'm making it seem like, oh, you got to have this beautifully written. We're not talking about a business plan in, in, in the sense that like this document is so important. The document, of course, is the lo most logical way to do it. But but I, more just the the thinking, mm -hmm. which is like, what do I even have a plan at all? And like, am I going to allow myself to go there in my mind? Because a lot of people, they don't even let themselves go there. They can't even imagine what like it's going to look like to get through 10 weddings, let alone that they're going to be in business for like five years and they're going to end up having 30 weddings and having to make a decision. Do I want to go to 50 weddings? Do I want to cut back down to 20? Like that's a business plan. Yeah. Right. Most people get into this industry to do the thing they love. They don't get into it to do the business side. Right. So I think that the other day I was, um, I saw on Facebook, someone posted like, Oh, um, should I go to photo school? And she posted a link to this photography website um, that was like a, yeah, like doing the photo school kind of deal. And I kept on thinking, I can't think of a worse thing for someone to invest in is <laughs> photography school or film school. At this point, film you'd be, school. You'd be better buying off that much in um, Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and not a good I, investment either, by the way. What I, what I told her was like, if you're, if you want a degree, go, to business school because then you can actually apply what you're learning to your art and you can learn photography you can learn filmmaking from courses from master classes from youtube whatever it might be books um and i think a lot of people kind of have this like unbalanced view of like their business they're like oh i need to become a better artist i need to become and and not realizing that actually that's not the thing that's going to make them successful or make them uh, uh, have this great studio or whatever, or even allow them to become a great artist. It's having practical business foundations um, through a business plan like this. It's like if all you can do is a triple axle and you can't skate. Yep. Like, sure. like it's like, Everybody wants the. I don't know much about ice skating. It's a, but <laughs> I, I mean, I know that that's one where you spin three times and yeah. it's hard to do, but like nobody learns to do that first. It's of course the thing you're going to admire the most. Like when you're a kid, I'll use a better example. When you're a kid, everybody's like, "Oh, he did a he did a a 1080. Tony Hawk did a 1080." 
And it's like, meanwhile, you're outside trying to still land an ollie. Well, and just like realizing that it's actually impossible. It's actually impossible. It's actually impossible. You can't it does not do the work. triple axle. You can't do the 10-8. You can't do whatever you're trying to do without the foundations. And having a business founded. I mean, how many times do you see somebody and you're like, that person charges how much money for their wedding films? And they're always because they're great at business. It's and, and, I, and the opposite, where you see someone and you're like, they charge that little? And then you go to their website and you see why. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably you, even more prevalent. I see that all the time. And I'm like, do you know how successful you could be? I said that to someone the other day. I'm like, you could be so successful. Yes. Yep. If you would just tweak these things. And, of course, the relationship side and all that is is part of it that isn't just – it's not pure, purely business. Yeah. But I think it's like, here's the thing. If I could tell – and we're going to get into it. We're going to actually explain some stuff. But, like – it, it's such a cliche, but you have to change your thinking. And, and I've heard this, and, and I want to say it as a sobering thing. The average person in the wedding industry who's like a creative, 50% of people do not make it out of year one. 20%, I think, um, actually make it through the third year, who make it out of year one. And then out of that, five years is 5%. Mm-hmm. So what is the problem here? The problem is long-term planning and a business plan. Because I promise you, out of those people, a lot of them still love taking photos or making video, and we're good at it. But that's not the point. Yeah. And, and, I, and so I, if I can just impress upon you, like, you don't want to be a casualty of the statistics. Don't be a statistic. Be the person who can actually figure this out. And you don't need to become like, amazing at it like like you just need to be like okay at it because this business is not that complicated yeah like you can run an incredible solopreneur business and you have a little bit of a business plan and you're and you'll you can coast you really can once you get a reputation in your market if you get to year five and you have a good business plan you could probably do whatever it is you're doing to that day until you want to retire yep i agree I think a lot of people kind of let their business happen to them as opposed to taking mm -hmm. control of their business. And the Ooh. first step is just like getting a good business plan because that allows you to take the first step to take control of your business, mm -hmm. right? It's just like, I, I, looking back when we were talking about it, talking about how we first started, we were just like, you know, floating down the river of creativity and business. And whatever dam would break, that's the direction that we would go. It's just like, well, yeah. oh, yeah, we got this opportunity. Maybe we're commercial wedding filmmakers. Or maybe we're commercial filmmakers. And then it'd break another way, like, oh, well, we just got eight weddings, so maybe we're wedding filmmakers. And it was just like, we've kind of had this approach. And I'm not necessarily saying that's bad, like, take your opportunities. But I think well, if I you I mean, take it's always evolving, by the way. But what, anyway. What Bobby said a couple of weeks ago was saying yes to everything. And we tend to say yes to a lot of things, but I think we've learned to cut back on the things we're saying yes to because they just go against what our business plan is. We're like, no, nah, more that you know what we want to do. The more you know what you want to do, the easier it is to call your actual. I mean, I think the biggest thing people think money equals business. Hmm. Like I'm, I made money, so I, I am doing business, and it's like, kind of. I mean, that's like part of a business plan, but like. Not really. So let's get into what are we actually talking about here. Um, we're, it does matter to us, by the way, and, I, and like we're going to get into it in a little more later. But like, I just like I said, 
we want people to be successful. We're going to be doing this series, and we're going to go through each of these eight points for you all. Um, Just but, go through it really quick. Go but this all is what really all of our business points are, which are this. Um, a business plan consists of market research, market strategy, business model, long-term goals, and this is in no specific order, by the way, budgeting, team building, development strategy, trend analysis, personal resources. And some people listening to, to those bullet points might say, oh, that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to me. I'm excited to go through them because we're going to say how it applies literally to every kind of business model out there. Um, all those bullet points uh, yep. can be applied to your business. Yeah. Um, and like we said, like you need one because like everyone should have at least a if you, if you don't have it in writing, at least be able to answer it if someone asks you. I, I get it that our businesses aren't overly complicated. I don't want to like overemphasize just doing dumb, busy work just for doing but dumb, busy work. But like at least be able to answer these questions of like who in your market. By the way, your market is not the world, probably. Your market is probably where you live. So let's just be real there. And just because you put destination on your website doesn't mean you're actually a destination wedding anything. So... Um, but that being said, um, everyone should be doing market research, for instance, like no, there's no one excluded from knowing the prices of the people in their market and the competitors and the average price. Most people I think do know that by the way, but they didn't build their business around it. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times as a creative, you might look at all these things and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I those I know who my competition is, I guess, but like, who cares? They can exist. I can exist. You know, I've literally I, I heard know. that business advice from people. Oh, stop looking at what other people are doing. Yep. It's terrible advice. I mean, terrible, definitely terrible business advice if you want to have a business. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that besides that, you know, market research in general, like what can your average bride and groom pay yes. in your yes. area? Market research is not just competitive analysis. Yes. It's some of it, but a lot of it is what you're saying. Yep. Yep. And that, like, I will say, these are things, we'll go through all of them a little today, and then we're going to be doing an episode on each one. Mm-hmm. Every one of these things are things that we, I would think we're, we're relatively strong in all of them now, but we were very terrible at, at one point. And so we're not coming from a place of arrogance. We're just coming from a place of like, we've experienced a lot of pain. And then over time, we like implemented improvements on each of them. And like, for instance, we brought up market research, like, uh, well, three years ago, we discovered the wedding report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three, um, four years ago, something like that. And then we would like, you know, we had our own data, of course, like from our own clients. And we were like, could we get the numbers to go up? Or how should we set our business up to do what we wanted? Because at that point, I think we had kind of a business model that we had in mind, which is our teams. And our, and, and then we started doing the market research. And then we were able to, we actually brought our prices up slightly based on what we knew, and but not to a point where we thought. And so it's like our business and now we make more money. You know, we have we evaluated this is a trend analysis. I'll give a great example. Um, do you remember a couple of years ago we were talking about our raw footage package? And I was like, we're not making money on this. Mm-hmm. You were like, yes, we are. And then we kind of broke the numbers down. I'm like, look at the profitability on it. And then we we had – so we looked at that, and it was like – it ended up making us like three, 400 bucks, mm-hmm. which is stupid. Like we were did like twenty weddings at that price, and I was like, "This is stupid." We're thirty. I think we did thirty weddings. I was like, "This is a waste of money." 
And so what we did was I said, let's bring it up a little bit. Um, let's come up with a great strategy to upsell the weddings afterwards. So I don't really care. Then let's push our highest package and try to get people to level up instead of level down. We made one little quick tweak and I'm one and a one hour meeting in our sales tactics and how we marketed it and in our pricing. And I think that turned around into an extra like 10 of our highest package for the next year. We sold 10 less of the package we didn't want to sell. And then I think we ended up selling to 80% of our couples, the upsells after the wedding. That's, that is right there. What happens when you actually analyze your trends and you have a business plan? Yep. Yep. I think the next year, just by having that one meeting, you know, we addressed that, but then we also figured out a way to double selling our highest package. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it was it was insane. And then we did minimize just by raising prices the amount that we were doing on the lowest package. And on those low packages, we ended up upselling all those people. So you know, and and it didn't hurt our overall sales. No, no. We sold the same amount of volume. We nope. just made more money. All of them just, uh, every sale just packed a lot more punch. So um, yeah, little things. And I was going to say for, for all these kind of like pillars of having a, a business plan, um, all these kind of bullet points, they all support each other, yeah. right? They all work. They're integrated system. So like, I think the most important thing, kind of going back to this and not to, you know, beat a dead horse. Sorry to make a horse violence joke. Uh, How dare you do that? Peter's coming after us. <laughs> Uh, but, um, you need to realize what you're really good at, you know, right away. I don't think market research was our strength market strategy. It's hard. And there wasn't the resources no. even now there's a lot more resources. Business model wasn't our strength. Long-term goals. I remember you used to say like Damon, our, our business partner used to say, oh, I want to have long-term goals. You know, what are your five-year plan? And you're like, I don't have a one-year plan, man. My plan is to do the work that's in front of me. And that's what we used to say. And now we have a different, you know, philosophy on it, a practical philosophy on it. Um, yeah, we're not talking about just trying to predict the future. Yeah. Budgeting, we sucked at. I mean, we've gotten a lot better at it. After we paid very huge financial prices. Team building, we were always kind of good at. Yep. We're always like, and and even now, I would say that's probably our strength. That's what we get asked to do the most, you know. And and talking to other videographers is like, how do you find people? You know, like we have a whole process to that. We've always had a process for that. Um, developmental strategy, same thing. Like, yeah, we've, we've always developed our people pretty well. Well, and um, even ourselves, like we all, we always are trying to become better. Like systems, and becoming a everything. better filmmaker and a better business person is something I enjoy. Yep. So this idea of developing myself and developing my business is not hard for me. Like yep. I, I like doing that. Yep. So I would say find the things that you're weak in, find ways to um, reinforce those skills. I would say everyone can become great at all of these things. If you're out there and you're like, ah, I don't know market research, I don't know how to do that, it's easy. Just look up a couple websites. <laughs> well, and wedding it's like report. you don't actually. Everyone can have great results. Yes. With all of these because. One of the ways you're going to learn is like, oh, I'm going to pay someone to do that. Yeah. And this is what I would say with this, too, is quit being lazy. Like, yeah. is it, that's the biggest thing. Like, it annoys it. Remember when your mom first got a smartphone? Everyone's mom. I'm saying not just your mom. I love I, your mom. I actually have no remembrance of my mom getting a smartphone. I remember my mom getting a smartphone and my dad and literally every person over 40 getting a smartphone saying, <laughs> I'll never use this thing. It's stupid. It's dumb. Now I get text messages from my dad. He's in the woods taking pictures of deer with his deer cameras. <laughs> He's like, I love this thing. And he was like, 
the the guy that would never ever get us. My mom is obsessed with her iPad. <laughs> yeah, like you know they they're insane. But it's it's the same kind of thing. Like I if you're so. saying like you can't do these things, that's just laziness, and you have to get over yourself. You have to realize like these are the things that are actually you're frustrated as a creative. These are the things that are frustrating you. I want to tell a failed artist story that I think is a lot of people because I think a lot of people. We need a campfire sound effect when you say yeah. you're going to tell a story. I'll get one. Yeah. Gay story Good. time. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I was a musician before I was a... I mean, I, no, probably not. Probably the same time. I, I've been making dumb films since I was 14 years old. So, like... but we like share those, too. <laughs> I have some good ones. <laughs> we made some funny ones. But, but regardless, like, I, I pr- pursued music as a profession and very much failed at it because I was very principled artist. And I didn't want to sell out. I remember we we got this pitch by this record company. They were like, hey, and like for us in the Christian world, they were like we were in Christian music. And it was a, a, band, a record company called Solid State Records, which is a record label. They had all the heavy Christian bands. Um, and so we were, you know, heavy metal band. And they, they we got contacts and they said, oh, we like this and this, this. And, and like very quickly we realized like, you know, we wanted to make a certain thing, but we didn't want to make money. Like, so we weren't willing to do the things that it would take to make money to put like, we weren't willing to like stop going to college. Not that we should have, by the way, I think we made the right decision, but I'm saying like, as artists, we weren't willing to do what it would take to be successful. And I think a lot of artists find themselves in that place. And like, this is a like check yourself moment in your business. And if you're hearing this, you're like, oh crap, he's going to say this. Some of you are not cut out to be full-time. Like you're not cut out to be full-time. If you're not willing, if when we go through this and we're like, you have to do this or at least find someone who will do it for you, you probably are better fit as a part-timer. You're like, a, you love it. You're passionate and you can get paid. That's great. There's nothing wrong with having that like reality check in your own head. Cause I really realized really quick as an artist and like musician, I wasn't willing to put in the time and effort. I just wanted to make the art. I didn't want to run a business. That was that. What do you think being a sellout means to the wedding videographer in general? Uh, running my business, stop, go love. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the term in general though? I think for, it's, for artists? I think it's mostly just sour grapes. And people who are jealous, <laughs> because I think. What, why, what do you think the the stigma is with it though? The like, stigma is that you don't have any artistic integrity. You're not creative, and a lot of it more comes down to that they can't see themselves run a successful business, but they can see themselves being successful artists. They can relate with that, connect with that. They have empathy for that position, and so they are totally willing to like project in the future being the best wedding filmmaker and making money because everyone goes how great they are, but they can't imagine having the best business and making all the money. And like, if you look five years in the future and it's based on what they know, they know, like, I see that good work. I also want to make good work. They don't know what goes into the art of running a good business. They've never seen it. Like people like don't talk about it. Most people who are giving you information on this are just trying to sell you a class, by the way. Like, so you get like these like little snippets, but you're not getting into like the nitty gritty. Right. And I hate that by the way, like 
I, I think we should give our best stuff away to the best of our ability. I know that you need, you need, to, you should pay for classes so you get time, mentorship, all that. But, but I think at the end of the day, like most people think a sellout is like, it's just like substandard art, not caring about customers, not caring about what they make, which I don't think anyone should do. Like, I would never advocate for that. I don't believe that's what we do. I would put our work up against 95% of wedding filmmakers. I mean, we've been in Martha Stewart tons. We've been in all, almost everything at one point. You know, maybe not Harper's, but like, it's like we're people like our work. I, and it's not about the work. And I, and I think most people think like, if they scale or if they get a plan, it's not going to be as organic. It's not going to be as true to themselves. And, and also like what you said, a lot of people are just lazy. They don't want to put the time into it because it's boring and they don't want to do anything boring. And that's why they don't want a real job. But everything becomes a real job. Everything becomes a real job. That is the, at the core of what we're talking about is like when it starts to get boring, then you're getting good. And that's when you can like fine tune it. Like it's boring because you're not trying to figure it out anymore because you like figured it out. You know what you're doing. Like, oh, I'm, oh, weddings are boring to me now. Why? Well, because when I go, I know what's going to happen. Okay, now you can make money because you don't have to think about it anymore. You can start thinking about all the stuff we're going to talk about in here. And it's like most people, when they get to that point, they think it means it's time to move on. And I'm like, no, when it gets boring, it's time to move in. Mm. Now it's time to like look deeper and figure out like, is there another problem you can solve? Like there could be an extra thousand dollars per wedding if you would look at your sales cycle now. Now you have time because you're so good at shooting weddings. <laughs> so I think sellout just to, it's more of an ego thing for people than an actual. They don't. I think they would actually be happy with the result if they would lead in and just you know think. About well, it. you know, the life of an artist is the life of you know. Uh, self-punishment because we talked to a lot of artists on here and, and it's always comes down to like, yeah, but I'm just not feeling, you know, my art really coming through. not satisfied, not satisfied. But what I think you and I have realized is like, when you run a successful business, you want freedom, right? That's the reason you run a successful business. That's what business. we're talking about. And, and, and the, you get the freedom to do what you want. And if that's create more art and the kind of art, if it's fashion, if it's corporate work, if it's just put, bring your camera outside and work on lighting and whatever, it gives you more time to do those things. It's a means to an end, right? And your end is your freedom. Yes. Right. Your means is running a business, running it efficiently, making enough money so that you can say, hey, if I want to make more money, I can de decide to do that. If I want more time with my family, I can do that. If I really want to play Call of Duty, I can do that. It's yep. whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, when so we're just kind of outlining why, if you're listening to this, just just to reset the room, a clubhouse term. Oh, good. Um, we're talking about why you should, we're trying to like pitch to you this idea that like if you can sit down and actually think through a business plan, which we say consists of personal resources, market research, market strategy, business model, long-term goals, budgeting, team building, development strategy, and trend analysis. If you can put that together, you will get the result of having freedom and control over your business. And not just the moment of your business, but the trajectory of your business. Where are we headed here? Are we like, are we headed into the luxury market? Are we headed? I should I mention the luxury market thing. I think that's a whole nother. I'll, I'll wait for that. I will say 
more as an aside of if your business plan is do something that 1% of your market's doing, you better have a really good business plan. Yeah. So I want to hop in here and talk a little bit about like, why do you think most wedding filmmakers don't want to develop a business or don't think about it up front? Do you have an idea of like why you think most people don't even want to think about it? Well, I think a, because most people who are successful, who are training us, haven't done it themselves and they're not telling them to. Hmm. So I think that's some of it. Like it's not a sexy class. It's hard. It's not what we're good at naturally. Well, no. And also like, it's not aspirational. Like Hmm. people are gravitated towards things that are exciting and sexy, especially as filmmakers. Yeah. It's like, if if you did a class called like destination weddings, people would go to that because they want to travel the world. Yeah. But if you did a class called how to get a great business plan, I, I said it the other day, like if I had a room called running a scalable, safe business and then in a clubhouse and another room called booking luxury weddings, which room would be full? Yeah. You know, that's why most people don't do it because they're like, no offense, creatives, we're kind of children and <laughs> how, how we... We're not mature in how we look at our work, you know? And a lot of people, by the way, and this is fine, a lot of people I think are probably like can never, it's like a dream to go full time. They're not even like, like to them, they couldn't even imagine. But I I do believe like it gets there sooner. Like if you're about to go full time, it'll just like sneak up on you. Mm. You'll just suddenly be like hit critical mass and you'll be successful and you'll really wish you had a business plan because at that point, you're just going to be like riding the wave. And I think that's what we learned is like we were just trying to like white knuckle this thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it might have to do with the fact that a lot of wedding filmmakers start off and they're solo operators. Yes, yeah, that's a big one. Editors, business people, they're doing it all by themselves. So the business plan isn't written down. Because it's all up top. It's all you up know? in here, man. It's all up in here. And and that's great. But how easy is it for you to change your business plan on a whim because some Cancun wedding comes up and you're like, hey, this must be fate or whatever. And, you know, it could be. It very you know, well could be. Do you know about but the- is that in your business plan? Is shooting destination weddings, it, how is it going to help all those areas of your business plan by doing that one wedding? So there's like this very um, cultic thing. And if you're into it, I don't care if it offends you, whatever. Um, but like it's this thing called the law of attraction. And it's a it's 90% of a class where they tell you to self-actualize or become your ideal self or teach you to have what you want or be a boss or something are basically just teaching the law of attraction, which came from the secret. And I think like Chopra and all those self-help gurus, but they got one thing really right. Um, it's not magic. It's just motivation. And this is, um, speaking things into the world that you want to happen and like saying I have a, like a rule, like tr- I try to say things that I think that I really want because then I have, I'm held accountable to it, to my wife and to the people around me. And so a biz, like, so the law of attraction is like you make the dream boards, right? You do all, you, you put in front of you all the time the thing that you want. Speak it into existence. Yeah. In the church world, they speak into existence yeah. and all these people, like it's a classic psychological strategy. 
to get yourself to do what you know you should do. You are not trying to convince anyone but yourself to run a good business. I, in reality, like I care about your business in a hypothetical way, but in like actuality, I don't care about your business. I care about my business. I'm not gonna think about your business. I'm not gonna be like, I need to not help my clients and call up this guy and help his business. No, you have to help your own business. And in order to do that, you need to be psychologically motivated. And I think you need to hold yourself accountable in some way to run a business and like a business plan is a great way to do it and it helps a lot and it will also show you how like poorly prepared you are because a lot of these you won't have an answer to so let's just really skim it really quick okay really quick and then and then kind of like close out so personal resources you know are, what do you have to build your business with you know what are the things most people have time time um and you know talent i was talking to someone yeah yeah that's that, that's really good um uh, you know, I was talking to someone the other day talking about um, what resources you have, and it really comes down to time, money, and talent, right? Yeah. Those three things. So Most people, especially starting out. Yeah. So, so what can you actually do to apply those three elements to your business? Like apply what you actually have right now. A lot of times when you're first starting out, it's not money. It's probably time and talent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And so that means you need to double down on time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're at the place now where we're low on time. Mm-hmm. So, like, when people are like, oh, you're doing the knot, it's like, I don't have time to do anything. <laughs> I have money, but yeah. I don't have time. So, it's like, you got to go, what are my personal resources? What do we got here as a business? And that's anything from, I have two Canon R6s. But, like, f- by the way, if it's, I have two Canon T2Is. Can you do a business with that? I mean, I don't even know. I don't know the specs on them. No. But like, that's a resource you have. Yep. Do you have Staff. to sell it? Do you have to sell that resource and buy another camera? Is that required? But either way, you got to take stock of what are my resources. So, market research. This is, um, and I'll always, we'll always, we got to get him on here. We keep almost having him on, and it doesn't work out. But um, the guy from the Wedding Report, and it's a great website. I, I wonder how the number, I haven't looked at it in the last couple of months because of COVID. I'm curious about it. But yeah, I am curious how he's getting those numbers because he's doing a lot of reporting oh, on COVID numbers and, and the dips and, and just that's just it's so good. Yeah, it, it, it is good. He's just pooling data from as many people as he possibly can. I think the wedding report is essential reading for every wedding professional. I yep. don't care where it's like a hundred dollars a year. If so. you give this, go over there and give the guy some money. Um, I also really like the market research that you get from the Knots report and the Wedding Wires report. Yep. Um, you can say it's not you accurate. Can, you can reflect them all, you know, put them all up against each other and come up with your own conclusion. It is accurate. But, yeah. <laughs> like, I've done the numbers. <laughs> it's, they're, they're not accurate for everyone, but they are accurate enough that you can factor it in. Yep. And then, um, of course, market research of how, when are my venues around me booking and how much, you know, what kind of, okay, Let's really quickly, we'll talk about it more in the episode, but like market research, if you find a planner that you want to work with, I would go look and see who she normally works with on video. And then I would say, how much do they charge? And then I would say, hmm, is my work is, you know, you probably can't necessarily do that if you're starting out. Maybe I'd want to go second shoot with that person sometimes. Who knows? Like, but like, Market research, yeah. figuring out what the heck is going on around you. Who's what your- kind of wedding film works in your market? Like it's different in New England than it is in New York. Yes, like- and market research is about 
customers more than it is about competitors, yeah, but it does involve it's external to your business. Yes, it's time. things, all yeah. the factors are outside of your business that affect your business. Yep. Um, Marketing strategy. Yeah, I mean, you've got to have a strategy there. And like for most of you, it's going to be a time based strategy like social media. I don't know why anyone wouldn't at least put like, especially starting out. I think in the luxury line, it, it's different. But if you're not in the upper crust, the eight grand plus weddings, I don't know why everyone wouldn't put like a hundred bucks a month into at least some social media advertising mm -hmm. just to start learning it and giving yourself an opportunity. Cause like, as you learn it later, when you're ready to really invest in it, you'll actually have some experience instead of like, I want to do, I got 10 grand to put in this, but I've never done it before. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But like, you got to have a strategy. I always say with marketing, you know, if you want 50% referrals, 50% leads you created via SEO, yep. paid marketing, organic marketing, all that junk. But you gotta have a strategy. Yep. Um, business model. Yep. Yeah, business model, I mean, is really just like, and this is a whole nother topic, this is a whole nother podcast, even probably outside of you know, this series, but um, what? how many weddings do you wanna shoot? At what price do you wanna shoot them? How much time do you wanna have? Like and all this, that really And this could be like, model. it's not who you are today. It could be like, oh, I wanna run a studio. Mm. Maybe you don't have a studio yet, but you you need to set your business up to run like a studio, yep. which means you have need to build in the margins to pay other people. Mm -hmm. Products, services, like, staff. All that junk. Like, yep. How are you going to make the money? How are you gonna make the money and how are you gonna have the money to pay for the business? Mm -hmm. That's a big part of it that a lot of people forget. It's like, what's your cost per wedding? Have you even thought about that? You're the only person I've ever heard talk about that, by the way. I don't know why. It's hard. <laughs> That's why. It's hard to do. It is hard to do because you have all these like subjective things. Like, what is your time worth? Yeah, I mean, I don't even factor that in. I just factor in the money I'm spending per wedding. Sure. To get the wedding. Yeah. It's like... I pay this person to do X. I want to shoot 100 weddings a year. But when you're shooting it yourself, how do you come up with, you know, that's a number I think that's hard for people to come up with because they're like, I'm putting a number on me, right? Yeah. And that's kind of hard to do if you don't have the right resources. Well, luckily, we're going to give you that resource. Yes, we're going to hop But in. it is it is a thing that you can do and you should do. Yep. Um, Long-term goals, I think, where do you see yourself three years, five years is a big thing. Yep. It's a hard one. Um, because it takes you always a little... struggle with this one. Um, uh, not anymore because I have an idea. It takes knowing though what you want and what and you I... don't want. Uh huh. Yeah, and I think <laughs> for a lot of people that can be tricky. And so, like I said, I feel like your business plan should change every year. And so this isn't like we're not saying lock. This is who you like. Whatever you set up when you first started your business, you should still be trying to do that. That would be crazy. Mm -hmm. Like this is gonna change. Yeah, but at least like. Giving yourself a guideline. Yeah. Bumpers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Like, I'm going off the rails here. Mm -hmm. Or yep. I'm doing really well. I'm outpacing myself. Like, you know, I got to rework it because I'm so successful. Yep. Budgeting. Everyone hates this. We don't need to get into it. You need to do a budget every year. It should be based on certain criteria and certain percentages. Freaking do it. Get off your butt and get it done. I will say about budgeting before we move on because no one wants to listen to budgeting. We were able to weather coronavirus because of an awesome budget. We were able to say, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. You know, this is what we have to do now so that later on we can do X, Y, and Z. Um, budgeting is 
telling the future. It is the crystal ball of weddings. It's also the reason we were able to pay us those bonuses. Yeah. Because we're like, I know when my money's coming in. I know this. I know when I need to spend it. All this crap. Yep. Um, Team building. This is wicked hard. But And we're going to get into it in our full episode. Team building is not necessarily hiring employees. It's employees plus third-party partners. And I don't personally think any person in the world should be running a business without any partners. I think anyone who tells – I will just – argue with you if you say like no you should like i don't i've never heard anyone say that either but you need partners even if they're like accountants cpas lawyers like if you actually think through it you know this everyone agrees with this team building is not just staff team building is who is going to go to bat with you in certain areas of expertise that you don't have or you don't have time to do yourself i'll give you a pro tip before we do the real episode later who is going to shoot a wedding if you break your leg they might not be an employee. They might just be a friend. But that's your team. Mm-hmm. That's your team, and everyone should have that. And I think many do. Most people I know have these people, yep. or, and they don't even think of it this way, but everyone has to do team building. Yep. Um, development strategy, which is your strategy to get better. You know, This is what you do while you're doing the thing you're doing. It's like you know, practicing, you're shooting. That's development. You know, Evaluating... How are you training that if you do have employees? How are you training them? What's your strategy there? Like, that's a big one. And then the last one, my personal favorite area of a business is trend analysis, which, man, I know that that's weird, but I feel like I'm gaining superpowers when I evaluate trends. Some people are like, how did you guess that number? And I'm like, I just got a lot of information and then I just averaged it. And then it just magically turns every time like there's so many this is how you're able to get your your um hypothesis about how much a person is worth like because you can be in a spreadsheet and you can look at numbers all day and be like oh this is what it's going to be at the end of the day like because you spend the time and are obsessed with these kind of numbers you can again predict the future for your i'm within like one to two percent every year am i not yeah on like almost every line item yep and these are earnings ones, ones that you, including potential weddings, not just including, like based on a three-year trend. Based, I just or average whatever. it out. I, yeah. I, it's not that complicated. Yeah, I just am like I just trust averages, mm-hmm. and yep. then I and, and also I I'll, I'll discount the average mm-hmm. to be conservative. Yeah, you yep. know, so we're never we're never like budgeting too high, and we'll get into that with all this. But yep. you can learn a lot by looking at your previous weddings. And by looking at market trends on how you should be setting your business up, and it'll like, it'll give you so much freedom. Like if I looked in and saw like, oh, the average person in my market was paying five grand, I would just up my prices tomorrow. Yep. You know because I would know that they were willing to pay it. Like it's not a question of like will they pay it or whatever or my own value or any of that crap. It doesn't matter. Like that's what they're expecting to pay. Yep. So trends will teach you that. So hopefully um, this has been eye opening. For you listening to this, um, you know, show at home. Um, this is like the first time we've been like really, really upfront with like our overall philosophy on wedding film school. Hopefully, it didn't scare you away and you'll never listen again. Um, yeah. It is intimidating. I mean, listening to all this stuff, it sounds like you're listening to a stupid board meeting mm-hmm. at you know Fortune it's 500. It's not them. very sexy. It's not sexy at all. But like, if you can just do fifty percent of this. 
it will make your life so much easier and you can have more of the creative freedom that you want as a filmmaker. I yeah. promise you. Like At the end of the day, will. that's all we're talking about is you should yes. have what you want. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I would challenge you if you're at home and you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. This is a pain in the butt. Like, bear with us, please. Because if you do, like, I can promise you it's going to benefit you so much. Just listen. Like, I'm a full-on creative. I never wanted – I was terrible in high school – Okay in college, actually. Yeah, you're okay. I was okay. I mean, you're not stupid. Uh, yeah, no. But I hate I hate spreadsheets. I hate all of it. I've learned to love these things. <laughs> because of what now. they represent. Exactly. Like, I'll give a great example of something that I... I... When I was single, I hated cleaning my house. Because um, why? I mean, who am I trying to... It doesn't matter, right? You know, and so I just hated it. I didn't see the benefit. I didn't see what it benefited me. And now there's like certain things in my house that I do, like I've started doing automatically. You don't even think about it. Because I like paid some prices like, like that, I, that were painful and I didn't want to pay them anymore. So I started clean, like, like immediately putting things in certain places so I don't lose them or immediately opening certain mail or just doing stuff that was important. And now when I do it, I get a reward, an endorphin kick and because I know that I just helped myself. Yeah, I, I like I like that analogy because it, it's saying doing small consistencies, realizing that oh this isn't a big deal, I'm just gonna do it. Building small habits that have big rewards, right? And these things are small habits. You don't have to do this all year. Most of these things are like you sit down in the off season, you're like I'm gonna do my budget today. Yep. I spend one day on my budget, and you look at it a couple times in the year. Yep. And then it just gives you the framework to be able to do the kind of business the rest of the year that you want to do and build a business. Well, and you're just business. knowing, like, when you dropped, you know, we just dropped 10 grand on going to engage. Name dropper. See you down there, guys. <laughs> but um, we just dropped 10 grand on that, and I know I have the money. Yeah. Like, it's not a question. Yeah. Like, I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to do any extra work to pay for it. It's just like, you know, and we're conservative. We're actually very, it sounds like we're like these crazy spenders. We're pretty conservative, actually. Like with like the, if we were to go through our numbers with you, you'd be like, why didn't you just take home this much money? We're like, well, we're kind of like, yeah. we're conservative on our, on, as a company, but we don't mind spending big money on things that we think will have return. Yeah. And we know, and we, and we build into our business plan opportunities like this. Yep. So that when we see the opportunity, we can go spend the money and go do the thing. And it's like, that's what everyone wants. Yeah. You just want to be able to go do what you want to do. And something that's important that, I don't know, this is probably the separate podcast, um, but we have the freedom to fail. Oh, right? totally. We fail all the time. We fail all the time. and Terrible, you know, terrible ideas. We bite off way more than we can chew. <laughs> yeah, awful ideas. Um that I, I'm having a blank on right now, but you, they'll come oh, up. I, I got some bad ideas <laughs> I can list. Um, remember when we wanted to write all our own music for our wedding films? I still want to do that someday. <laughs> but I know how much I should charge for it. Yes, so, <laughs> so. totally, totally. We weren't ready for that. Um, but yeah, it, 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 again, all comes back to freedom. This kind of having a business plan gives you that freedom. Super important. Um, do you want to roll out just kind of what yeah, yeah, your I plans do, are? Yeah, so, so we're going to be doing you know, a podcast series over the next couple of months, we're going to be rolling out just why, why your business plan sucks. Market research, why your business plan sucks. 
you know, each, each topic will have an episode dedicated to it. Um, but you know, one of the things I wanted to kind of just give today is just like, you know, for us, this is something we're passionate about, you know, and if you're like, okay, I could use a little help. We are going to be launching just a coaching section on the wedding film school website. So weddingfilm.school forward slash coaching. Um, and if you were looking to get coached, we're going to have a, like a special introductory price, which honestly, um, I don't know what we're going to charge for that, but, <laughs> but I, I go over, I mean, it's going to be less than $500, um, probably a lot less. So I'd encourage you to go check it out. We're just going to have a special introductory price. Cause we, you know, I, I want to put my time into things that are worthwhile. So we can't just like do stuff for free because we are pretty busy, but I also don't like talking about a topic like this and then leaving people hanging. Like if we're able to like at least a couple times a week, step in and invest in people. Um, Cause I can tell you like two, like two fifty $300 isn't going to really change our business that much. So we're not doing it for the money, but we definitely do want to help people. So if you're listening and you're like, these guys don't seem like total idiots. Maybe they could help me a little bit. And you would total idiots. <laughs> Key like, total. And and like you think like, hey, wh so what we want to do is basically we want to kind of talk about each of these points with you and try to identify like where are the areas where you can apply effort to actually get the quickest improvement and help your business the most. And so if you're looking for if you feel like that would be helpful, head over to weddingfilm.school forward slash coaching there'll be a, a little button on the homepage too and um we'd love to help you out we have limited availability on that too we don't have a ton of time but but with the time we have we do want to help people yeah and and i'll just say to kind of close out like jason and i and bobby like the whole wedding film school team we're super passionate about seeing this industry grow like there's so much potential with wedding filmmaking um, I think it's the future of documenting weddings. Like personally, I think there's going to come a time where it's 50, 50 photography, videography, you know, currently only 50% of weddings hire a wedding videography. That's so much room for growth. And that to me just means people aren't selling it well. And, and, you know, people just don't have a desire. Terrible to marketing, bad connections. There's, yep. It's not that there's terrible art though. There's all kinds of good wedding films yep. and great wedding filmmakers. And like, and it's harder. It is so much harder to run a wedding film business than run a photography business. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, biased, but we're with friends now. We can all say that, yep. but I would agree. Like yep. it's probably true. It's, it's challenging. So besides doing the shooting, besides doing the editing, running a business on top of all of it, you just probably seem like you don't have enough time. So, um, you know, that's our heart. That's where we're coming from and, and why we do this kind of channel. Um, and, and we also think it's pretty fun. We yeah. hang out with some cool dudes too. Um, but, uh, but that's kind of where we're coming from. So. All that crazy YouTube money's just rolling Oh, I in. know the, the <laughs> $7 that we got on our highest rating video, like <laughs> we bought one of us a coffee for one week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, that, and we just like, I know if you're got to the end of this podcast, you don't really care, um, about probably it's probably whatever to you, but in terms of like, and by the way, thank you for making it this far, but, um, you know, wedding film school is an OG channel and, you know, I think they have their identity in like BTS stuff and some tutorial. Craig Adams did a great job getting that thing established. I don't mind saying though, that we're taking it in a different direction. You know, I, I don't want to be the education channel for, you know, what is that? 2016. <laughs> like the needs are different. Yeah. 
Yeah. The industry is different. Like the equipment is not the big deal. I mean, equipment's awesome, but like, let's face it. We were having to hack our cameras before to even do the job. Now we don't need to do that. Now we can actually like just buy a camera that does the job pretty easily. And we have to focus and run real businesses. Yep. And so our job is our goal as wedding film school is to like, if you were, if you were, if I was to actually start a wedding film school, what would I talk to you about? I would talk to you about shooting. I would talk to you about equipment because that's fun and inspiring. I would show you great filmmakers, which is one of our goals on the podcast. But then I would also say to you, you need to learn to run a real business and this is how to do it. Yep. And so if you're listening and you made it this far into the show, like I said, thank you. But also you probably noticed on the YouTube channel, there's some things that are a little different and that's not by accident. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, guys, if you've made it this far, thank you. Like Jason said, um, this has been a presentation of Wedding Film School. Um, make sure that you guys are subscribing. We actually, we do a lot of live videos. Um, Jason just Once a week it. at least. Live critiques of people's wedding films, people's websites. We kind of make um, a go at it on, uh, right now it's Friday nights, but that could change. Uh, depending on the year, people shoot a lot of weddings on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so that might change a little bit. But right now, currently, if you're listening, uh, as of February 2021, uh, we are doing it Friday nights. Make sure you hit the bell so you're notified every single time that we go live. Um, and also, if you've gotten some out of this, give this video a thumbs up. All the things. Uh, share with a video for a friend. It's someone that might get some good uh, insight from a podcast like this. Again, this is going to be a long series. It's probably going to be nine parts. Yeah, we'll do it over the course of many months. But if you want coaching now, like I said, head over. We'll put it on the screen. Um, WeddingFilm.school yep. forward slash coaching. Cool, guys. Thank you for watching.